Algar Productions. So that's being quantum transported, is it? I must say it's a bit underwhelming, given the staggeringly vast distances they tell me we've traveled. Oh, but where are my manners? Good afternoon, Admiral Soraya. Well, if it isn't my favorite JAG officer. That's Judge Advocate General for any civilians in the room. Then again, I don't actually see any of those here. But you, of course, would be Captain Gia. Commodore King, I appreciate you coming all the way from the Alpha Quadrant for this extremely urgent matter. Not at all. Happy to have a look at what you've been getting up to here on this Omega project of yours. <clears throat> and, of course, to do my sworn duty and dispense military justice. Yes, and may I just state again for the record how happy I am that my own authority on this project has been superseded by a mere Commodore. The accused requested someone from the office of the JAG, as is the right of every Starfleet officer facing the possibility of court-martial. <coughs> what? Oh, is that one of your please introduce me coughs? You really must speak up for yourself, lad. Gentlemen, may I present Commander Ikem? He should be assisting me in these proceedings. He's a Benzite, you know, but we can't have everything. Captain? Admiral? Now then, there's no need to hang about in your transporter room gumming up the works. I should very much like to get right down to it. If you could show us to your courtroom facilities. Of course, Commodore. This way. Oh, um, Admiral, I don't believe we'll actually need you for this. Sorry. Yes, I shall be presiding over the hearing, and young Ikem here will be assisting me. I'm afraid you're redundant in this matter, old boy. As you say, Commodore. Oh, now, Kabir, don't be such an old fusspot. I tell you what. Once we're all settled in, I'll let you buy me a pint. I understand you're using money over here. How delightfully rustic. Actually, sir, if we end up with time for socializing, there's an old friend of mine serving aboard Endeavor that I'd love to look up. One of my people? Uh, yes, sir. Naomi Wildman. I believe she's currently serving as your science officer. Mm. Well, she is, but uh, you may want to double-check with the Commodore. Talking to Wildman could be seen as a conflict of interests, Commander. The officer we're potentially court-martialing today is actually a very close friend of hers. Lacerto, honestly, Captain, I don't know why you keep that Cardassian around. I've signed off on more incident reports. No, Admiral, it isn't Dow. The JAG is here to preside over a trial for Lieutenant Kutch. In the aftermath of a costly and brutal war, four superpowers came together to launch a bold new project. To explore a new galaxy together, as allies, with a common interest in expanding their scientific and cultural horizons, four ships were commissioned. And one of those ships represents the pinnacle of Federation diversity and cooperation, the USS Endeavor. Endeavor, created by Matt Rabotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Starring Kara O'Connor as Naomi Wildman, Amanda Smith as Dal Lacerto, and Jason Wallace as Kutch. Season 1, Episode 9, 
in the muck. But it has to be a mistake, right? I mean, apart from being the second sweetest person I've ever met, you're also an actual security officer. You don't get arrested, you do the arresting. Yeah, and whatever it is they think you've done, they can't possibly believe this force field is necessary. Uh, force field is required for the detainment of all prisoners who are a greater than level three flight risk. Personnel facing potential court-martial shall be considered a level one flight risk. Court-martialed? What did you do, Kutch? Kutch. Hmm? Oh, sorry. I'm not allowed to talk about it. For someone who's apparently facing the most serious and potentially career-ending thing an officer can face, you sure don't seem all that concerned. Yeah, and what's with all the pads? I thought I'd cured you of the ridiculous notion that you need a separate pad for each book you're reading. Yeah, you did, but I'm preparing my defense. Uh, these are law books, case precedents, dissenting opinions, that sort of thing. And you're reading all of them? It's a pretty important defense. But what are you defending yourself against? Wildman, Lacerdo, I appreciate your show of support for Lieutenant Kutch here, but you should be advised that he's not currently at liberty to discuss any details of his incarceration. But what did he do? Oh, this must be the Lacerdo I've heard so much about. Well, I hope not. Commodore King of the Judge Advocate General's office. And the young Benzite here is... Ecom? Hello, Naomi. Oh, yes, I understand you two have some kind of history together, don't you? We dated, sir. Don't care, none of my business. But I tell you what, if you'd care to go catch up for an hour or so... Uh, actually, Commodore, we were just uh, headed back to Endeavor. We were? Uh, apparently, we were. Good luck, Kutch. I'm sure this all must be some kind of terrible mistake. Yes, uh, good luck, Kutch. Maybe we'll come back and visit you later. Bye. What the hell is happening right now? Well, now, this young Tellerite would appear to be the source of all the fuss, eh? Lieutenant uh, Kutch, is it? Yeah, that's him, Commodore. Lieutenant, you're being addressed by a flag officer. Oh, yes. Uh, hello, Captain. Commodore, I'll be with you in just a minute. You've quite the ragtag band of insubordinates here, Captain. Uh, they're not usually like this, Commodore. Well, Lacerdo usually is, actually. Our records indicate that you're choosing to defend yourself, Lieutenant? Is that correct? Yes, sir. You are aware that you're entitled by law to have an actual attorney at your side. Someone who's been trained in this sort of thing. No, thank you, sir. No, thank you, sir. Well, that's bloody Tellarites for you. I dare say this sort of thing is precisely why we don't see many of their ilk mixing with the rest of the fleet. <coughs> uh, actually, Commodore, I found Lieutenant Kutch to be... Yeah, but I would like to request Captain Gia's presence at the hearing. Yes, of course. Any objections, Captain? Uh, none whatsoever. As my prosecutor. I Wait, beg what? your pardon. This is the preliminary hearing to determine if Starfleet has sufficient grounds to officially court-martial Lieutenant Kutch of the USS Endeavor. The Lieutenant has chosen to serve as his own defense and has requested his own commanding officer, Captain Gia, serve as prosecutor. Are these facts accurate, Lieutenant? Now, it's not too late to rethink this, Kutch. There's really no need for me to- Yes, Commodore. Very well. Lieutenant, you face charges of dereliction of duty, specifically relating to Starfleet General Order 1, more commonly known as the Prime Directive. Do you understand these charges? I do, sir. Right. Let's hear your opening statements then. Prosecution? Uh, all right. Simply stated, on Stardate 73989.1, Lieutenant Kutch was discovered by his commanding officer, me, 
knowingly assisting the Ah, our close allies here in the Andromeda Galaxy, with their so-called lifting process. This is a practice by which the odd deliberately intervene in the natural development of a less advanced culture, offering them technology and other resources strictly forbidden by our own prime directive. Defense? I waive my right to an opening statement, Your Honor, and enter a plea of guilty to the stated charges. Oh, gutch. Well, if that's the case, there's hardly much point in continuing, is there? Wouldn't be coming all the way across intergalactic space come to that. Uh, however, Your Honor, I would like to request that this hearing continue as planned, so that all of the pertinent facts can be definitively recorded. What are you doing? And I wish to request that all testimony be entered into the official Federation judicial record. What? Absolutely not. This is a military matter, presided over by a military court. There's absolutely no call to involve civilian authorities here. Uh, actually, Commodore, there is a precedent here. Under Article 16, Section 4 of the Uniform Code of Starfleet Justice, uh, the lieutenant does have the right to request impartial review of the case by a civilian body, at the presiding official's discretion, of course. Hmm. Yes, well, typically I'd be inclined to disallow this sort of thing. I don't see much point to it, and to be honest, it's a bit dramatic. But on the other hand, it wouldn't exactly be a good use of Starfleet's resources to beam me all the way out here just to send me back home within the damn hour. I'll indulge you, Lieutenant, begrudgingly. Thank you, sir. Proceed. Prosecution, that means you. Oh, uh, uh, yes, sir. Sorry. Sir, I've... Well, to be honest, I've never been in this position before. You'll have to forgive me. Yes, yes, all right. Let's just get on with it, shall we? Yes, right, of course, sir. I call the accused, Lieutenant Kutch, to the stand. Right. Put your hand on the, uh, thingy there, then. The thingy has a name, Commodore. Yes, of course it does. It's a thingy. Kutch. Serial number K36-8872. Service rank, Lieutenant. Current assignment, Security, USS Endeavor. Registry, NCC-101310. Commendation, Starcross. Karagite Order of Heroism. Praetor Coleus Award. Computer hold. Praetor Coleus Award? Can't say I've ever heard of that one before. It's Romulan, Romulan, sir. The lieutenant received the award on Stardate 65034 from... 65034? So he was, uh, don't tell me now, 14 years old at the time? Yes, sir. Now, how on earth did you happen to acquire a Romulan medal when you were barely a teenager? And how the hell did it end up in your Starfleet service record? Oh, well, sir, I was part of a team of volunteers assisting with the relief efforts following the destruction of Romulus. The Romulans issued us those awards as a show of gratitude. My father was extremely proud of me for that. And sometime later, he rather zealously argued before my superiors in Starfleet to have it included with my other commendations. Yes, it says here that the officers in question ultimately relented just so that his father, a Mr. Vratch, would stop harassing them. Yes, sir. All right, then. In any event, we've heard enough from the thingy, I think. Your identity is not in dispute. Prosecution, you may proceed. All right, Lieutenant. In the interest of expediency, I'm going to state the facts as I know them and ask you to feel free to chime in if you dispute any of this. Does that work for you? It does. Right. So, following the destruction of the Cardassian vessel Kerval, the details of which are unfortunately classified at this time, teams from the Klingon, Romulan, and Starfleet vessels were sent in to assist in cleanup efforts on the planet known locally as Re. This was to be a surreptitious effort, and all teams were under strict orders not to reveal themselves to the indigenous population. Accurate. 
The Ah, meanwhile, were on the other side of the planet, engaging in their lifting process. See my previous. Captain, would you please state again for the record exactly what this lifting process entails and why Starfleet was not involved with it? Uh, all right. The Ah take the- Can we back up a little further and define that term as well? That term, what term? The Ah? Yes. All right. The Ah are an advanced culture- How advanced? Uh, This is all for the record. I just want to make sure all of the pertinent facts are being presented definitively and accurately. Okay. The Ah achieved a sort of artificial wormhole technology that they refer to as warp gates some 2,000 years ago. They've been capable of interstellar space travel far longer than any known Alpha Quadrant race. They're indigenous to this region of Omega, and following a brief misunderstanding in our first contact with them, went on to become our greatest allies here. The allies in what sense? Lieutenant, I might remind you that, technically speaking, this is Captain Gia's turn to ask the questions. Your constant interruptions are bordering on contempt. Uh, Captain Gia did offer me the opportunity to chime in at any time, Commodore. Uh, His words. Yes, I suppose he did at that. Nonetheless, I feel I should draw the line at asking for a definition of the extremely common concept of allies. I concede that, broadly speaking, the concept is common. However, there are nearly infinite subtle shades of allyship. Are they strategic allies? Trading partners? Are they passing acquaintances in this region of space, or or are we considering them for Federation admittance? Yes, yes, all right. The Ah have exchanged cultural data and technology with all of the participants of the Nibus project. Following a tragic incident some months ago, they had rebuilt several decks of this station that had been lost. And most recently, they provided a vessel for the Cardassians when their own ship Kraval was removed from service. That a sufficient explanation of what an ally is, Lieutenant? Sufficient enough for now, I suppose. Right. Now, uh... Sorry, I'm three or four definitions deep now. I don't entirely remember where I was. Uh, you were defining the lifting process. Again. Right. Right. Well, uh... Okay, let's see. For the entire time they've had the ability to travel to other star systems... About 2,000 standard years ago. Uh, Right. From the beginning, the Ah have offered their own technology and knowledge to any species willing to receive it. This is based on the fundamental belief that, as they say, no one should do without. Does that sufficiently define the term for you, Lieutenant? Not for me, Captain. For the record. And not entirely. If I may, Commodore. I suppose, but let's move this right along, shall we? One simple question to clarify, and we can do just that. Captain, upon learning of this practice, did Starfleet ask the Ah to stop lifting other cultures? Uh, Of course not, because the Prime Directive doesn't only apply to pre-warp civilizations. It also expressly forbids interference in the fundamental development of any culture. I thought it was probably something like that, but I'm only a junior security officer, and I don't know a lot about high-level diplomatic stuff like that. Uh, Thank you for indulging me. Right. If we're all satisfied that we know what words mean... Captain Gia, can you please find your way to steering this narrative out of the divergent lake into which it has been steered and back onto the road? (laughs) I believe I can, sir. I was relating the events leading to the lieutenant's arrest. Okay, so... Returning from a mission to assist Gull Emmerich with, well, again, classified matters, I stopped by Reed to check up on the progress of the cleanup. 
At this time, I was informed by Lieutenant Commander Sek, my chief of security, that Lieutenant Kutch had requested to return to Endeavor after completing a particularly difficult physical task, and that Lieutenant had apparently not returned to Endeavor after being granted that permission. I was not present for these events, but I see no reason to dispute them. My runabout sensors located Kutch on the opposite side of the planet, with the group of AH officials, which included one particular AH called Ueo, who briefly served as a sort of exchange officer aboard Endeavor. I immediately beamed to a nearby location and, coordinating with the AH, discovered and apprehended Lieutenant Kutch. Go on, Captain. It soon became clear that the lieutenant had been there for some time, long enough to form a relationship with at least one of the indigenous life forms. Uh, I'd like to introduce into evidence this item. What is that? A giant pearl of some kind? It's quite lovely. Yes, sir. It is exactly that. A pearl. The Somri make those. Naturally. Well, that's less lovely. Lieutenant, is it true that the average Samri only make one or two of these in their entire lifetime? That is true. And that receiving one as a gift is considered extremely significant in their culture? Yes. Then it follows that you were there long enough to form a relationship with at least one of these indigenous life forms. In other words, you didn't just accidentally wander where you didn't belong. Correct. I was there voluntarily. You weren't coerced. I was not coerced. And you are familiar with General Order 1, Lieutenant. A so-called Prime Directive, uh, forbidding interference in the natural development of... Of pre-warp civilizations. Uh, Right, that's it. It was once argued by a very decorated Starfleet officer that exceptions to the Prime Directive should be made for races that have been enslaved or otherwise compromised by other advanced species. I believe that is true, yes. And did you see in this situation the opportunity to make such a distinction, Lieutenant? I did not. I quite clearly violated General Order 1 in my actions on the Sombri world. Uh. It'd help if I even know what he did. Or allegedly did. Would it, though? None of us knows the first thing about the law. Well, I assume you don't. Oh, God, no. Remind me to tell you some time about the two years I spent as a fugitive on the Nausicaan homeworld. I can never tell if you're kidding about these stories. I never am. See, and I can't tell if you're still messing with me or what. Still not. Anyway, I was stunned to hear that he'd gotten in any kind of trouble. I mean, me? Sure. I've been in my share of Briggs. Oh, knock it off. Whoa. Did I just step into the middle of something here, or...? Nah, she's just a little testy today because she ran into an ex which also seems like more of a me thing. Not everything is about you, Dal. Well, I don't know where that rumor started, but it's clearly untrue. So, what's the story with this ex? Was he a jerk, or, like, the one that got away? Yeah, no, I I don't know. I remember this guy. To say he was dull really does a disservice to the dull people I've met in my life. And remember, I come from a planet of celebrated bureaucrats. But... But hey, you're right. This is your story, so you should tell it. No, you're completely right. Ekum was easily the most boring person I've ever been involved with, and yet... And yet, what? Well, to be honest, I've always been a bit insecure in my relationships. I think it's an ace thing. I haven't known a lot of asexuals, so I guess I don't have enough data to know your things. Well, that's just it. You haven't known a lot of aces, as far as you know. I don't really like to talk about it openly, and I think that's pretty common. 
for most people, the details of your sex life only come out when it's appropriate. I did say most people. Technically, I talk about it when it's appropriate as well. It just happens a lot faster for me. Yeah, so the, the thing is, because a lot of us don't exactly advertise and because it's not super easy to just sort of bring it up organically, also requires so much preamble before you even get started talking about it. But what it comes down to is it can be a bit tricky finding compatible partners. But you date non-aces, right? As long as they're cool with your situation? Yes, exactly. But finding that out, it's harder for people who aren't Dow. Not all of us can just waggle their eyebrows at a prospective partner and have them know exactly what our intent is. Hey, I don't even have eyebrows. It's no secret that I make friends pretty easily. Out of respect for your current feelings, I am choosing not to say something disparaging right now. And I've dated a bit-ish. But it's hard to have that conversation. And more importantly, it's not always easy to find someone you click with on all those levels. Oh yeah. I guess it would be a lot harder if you had a whole extra set of criteria to consider. That's it exactly. Some people will go home with just about anyone. Oh, so we are talking about me now? And some of us have a little more trouble finding compatible partners. So when you do finally meet someone who checks all those boxes, regardless of how dull he is, you're more likely to hold on to them. Because the thought of going through all that again to find another one is just exhausting. (sighs) Nailed it. Seeing my most recent ex and getting a reminder of just how long most recent was is just bringing up all these kind of feelings that I haven't properly processed, I guess. Wait, you can process feelings? You know what works for me when I get bummed out? You mean like when your boyfriend is being court-martialed for mysterious unknown reasons? Nah, he'll be fine. I mean, like, when my job makes me crazy, or my leave gets cancelled so I can't go orbital parasailing. What even is your life? I distract myself with dumb crap. The dumber, the better. No offense, but that's hardly a revolutionary approach. If that worked on me, I absolutely would have done it already. Hey, so what's going on with that egg you found? Oh my god. So, okay, remember how I said we have no idea how long the gestation period is? Well, we still don't know for sure, but Doc Shang says my egg's vitals are a pretty near match for the species of lizards that were discovered in the Romulan Quarter. And if that's true, well, it's evidence of either parallel evolution or cross-planetary pollination, both of which are exciting prospects. But more importantly, it means I might have a little baby pterodactyl bat as early as next week! You're kind of a genius, you know that? I feel like it isn't said enough. You're damn right I am. I've already set up a living space for it, and I've been thinking about names. I want to go with Gorga or Lata, something really non-binary. Right. Defense, you may now... Well, I'm not sure what it is exactly you intend to do here. You've already pled guilty. I'm not sure I see much point in you continuing to assert your guilt in new and interesting ways. But I will still be granted my designated time. Yes, yes, I suppose so. Thank you, sir. In that case, I only have one request. Proceed. Very well. Uh, Commodore, could I please ask you to place your hand on the thingy? I beg your pardon? Uh, That device that earlier in the trial you referred to as... Uh, It's called an Identity Confirmation Computer, or ICC. It's not even that hard to remember. The name says what it does. What are you driving at here, lad? Uh, Please, just indulge me, sir. Oh, very well. If nothing else, this is shaping up to be the daftest trial I've ever presided over. I see no real harm in plumbing the depths of daftness. King, Ross Wallace, 
serial number K38-2680. Service rank, Commodore. Commendation. Computer, hold. Lieutenant, do we really need to sit here and listen to all of this? I've been in this man's fleet for nearly 40 years, man and boy. We could be here for quite some time listening to all of this, and for reasons you have not made remotely clear to this court. Uh, can we just skip to the service history portion? All right. Computer, skip to what he said. The abridged version. Stardate 38719. Transfer to board USS Dithorn as Ensign. Stardate 41065. Promoted to Lieutenant Junior Grade. Stardate 43111. Transfer to board Starbase 26. Stardate 45544. Promoted to Full Lieutenant. Transfer to USS Tepok. Stardate 50116. Transfer to USS... Computer hold. Anytime you'd like to make your point, Lieutenant, this court would appreciate it. We can stop there. Oh, we can, can we? I have nothing further. Oh, cutch, buddy. I don't know if you think you're doing well, but take it from your captain. You are not. Right. Well, all that remains is for me to declare a verdict. Which was the first damn thing we did when we opened these proceedings, but, well, look. I hear your Omega Quadrant has some incredible food options, and I'm not quite ready to go home yet. Also off the record, I feel like the lieutenant here deserves another night in the brig before this is all over for putting us through... whatever that was. So we'll reconvene in the morning. Dismissed. Nice place you've got here. Well, thanks, but it's not mine. Maybe one day you'll be an important enough man to own your own jail cell. For now, I guess you'll have to be happy with renting. Wait, do the Ferengi actually charge rent on those things? I haven't gotten a bill yet, but maybe they'll give it to me when I check out. Sure, they'll just slide it under the force field. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're going to be all right, aren't you? What? Yeah, of course I am. It's just... I saw your captain as I was walking across the station, and I admit I don't know him very well, but I've never seen him looking so... I don't know, like, angry, sad, and defeated all at the same time. But also like a guy who doesn't feel those things very often, and doesn't know what face to make. Wow, you got all that just walking by him just now? Well, that, and people talk. And what they're saying is, you might be in a lot of trouble, and Gia might not be able to help you. Who's saying that? If I told you that, I'd have to kill you. If you wanted to kill me, you'd have to get past this force field. Ah, but I could just slip under the space where they slide the bill. Clever. Really, though? I'm gonna be fine. You're sure? Yep. That's what I figured. You know what you're doing. Most of the time. I just... What? Do you not believe that I have this under control? What? Are we still talking about that? No. I just wanted to say that if, for whatever reason... And they could be reasons entirely unrelated to whatever it is you have going on here. If, for whatever reason, you end up having to go back to the Alpha Quadrant... Yes? I don't do long-distance relationships. Yeah, I figured. It's hard enough waiting for you here when Endeavor gets deployed. You've mentioned. Often. Just so you know where we stand. I'm into this. And I'm into you. But you get yourself sent home and you're out one hot Andorian girlfriend. Noted. Your friends are worried about you, you know. Did you tell them I'll be fine? Yep. Good. You're very helpful. And hot. And hot. You want to see how close we can get to making out through this force field before one or both of us gets shocked? Yeah, all right. <sighs> right. Let's wrap this up. 
Lieutenant Kachu pled guilty to the charge. Actually, Commodore, if I may, I believe I'm entitled to make a closing argument. A closing argument? The entire point of a closing argument is to summarize your defense. You've nothing to summarize because you've offered no defense. You've badgered your own prosecutor, you had a small chunk of my service record read for who knows what reason, and I feel like this point cannot be made emphatically enough. You've already pled guilty. I think it's high time we- Please, sir, if I may ask your indulgence one final time. All right. Let the record officially show that I'm nursing a right bastard of a hangover and may decide at any time to end this farce. Noted, sir. I'm not putting that in the official record. Gentlemen, I concede that my actions during this trial have probably seemed unorthodox. I've apparently made no attempt to defend my actions, presented no facts to support any assertion other than that I am guilty of violating the Prime Directive. And, technically speaking, this is true. I have not presented those facts. Because you, Commodore King, and you, Captain Gia, have presented those facts for me. Officially, on the unsealed, unclassified record, we have heard a number of statements from Captain Gia, a distinguished and respected Starfleet officer, a decorated veteran of three wars, a participant in 17 first contacts, and, not incidentally, the officer that Starfleet trusted to head the most ambitious exploration project it has ever undertaken. According to Captain Gia, the Starfleet personnel on this project have built a strong relationship with the Ah. In Gia's words, they are our greatest allies here. He also claims that they are an advanced species, specifically citing the so-called warp gates they use to travel between star systems. In other words, we have exchanged cultural, scientific, and technological information with, and we have received substantial material aid from, a race that has not discovered warp drive. Which, as the captain explicitly reminded me, on the record, is a fundamental condition of the Prime Directive. Have we therefore not violated our own mandate and corrupted this poor, primitive culture that, according to Captain Gia, has been in space since before most of our own homeworlds were discovering how to make metal tools? Some might argue that the need to observe local customs can, on occasion, override the rather blunt and opaque terms of the Prime Directive. In fact, some did argue this point in a court of law. On Stardate 47159, when the USS Tapak, assigned to patrol the Romulan Neutral Zone, formed an alliance with several pre-warp cultures, with a common interest in stopping cloaked Romulan vessels destroying their outposts. One of the officers on trial in that precedent-setting case was a young lieutenant who the thingy, reminds us, was one Ross Wallace King, now the presiding officer in this case. King's superior, Captain Corbin, summed his arguments up using, as human Starfleet officers tend to do, a human metaphor. When in Rome, the captain argued, we do as the Romans do. Gentlemen, we have been in Rome for nearly a year. The Romans are our friends. They are our allies, and if... I may editorialize for a moment here. 
They may be the kindest and most generous species Starfleet has ever encountered. They are the living embodiment of what the Federation says it is, of what it wishes it was. No one should do without, they say. If it were possible to ask a court to declare something objectively beautiful, I would ask that now of this idea. The Prime Directive was created when a rather cavalier group of explorers began to explore our galaxy centuries ago. It was meant to stop reckless actions by people who, by the very nature of their mission, never stuck around to deal with the consequences. But we are sticking around. We're here. We've been welcomed with open arms by a benevolent people. And their customs deserve to not only be tolerated, but honored. One final point, gentlemen. This conflict I created was inevitable. If I didn't step forward and deliberately involve myself in the Oz greatest works, someone else would have. Only it might have happened years down the line, when our position here was much more entrenched and the issue was much more complicated. By causing this inquiry to happen, on the record, I have forced adjudication of an issue that needed to be addressed. The precedent needs to be set, here and now. The Nimbus Project is separate. We're in Rome, and we should be allowed to do as the Romans do. Obviously, a, a functioning society needs laws, but those laws should make sense in context. I'm only a lieutenant in Starfleet, and a security officer at that. It's not my place to suggest what those laws should be, but it seemed to me this conversation needed to be started. Yes, I disobeyed orders, and on those grounds, I cannot argue that I don't deserve punishment. But Federation history is full of arguments about not following unjust orders. Maybe I should have handled all this better. Doing something belligerent and deliberately provocative like this is the Tellarite way. I'm working on making that approach work better, thanks to this man, Captain Gia. I'm not there yet. So... For the crime of being Tellarite, I plead guilty. Thank you. Captain's Log, Stardate 73991.6. Commodore King has received the approval from his superiors to grant the Nimbus Project special dispensation on all Prime Directive-related matters. Going forward, our official mandate has been revised to defer to local customs and grants me significant latitude in terms of captain's discretion. So that was your intention all along, wasn't it? To bring the Jag all the way out here and force arbitration? Yes, sir. <sighs> I'm not going to pretend that this ruling didn't make our lives a lot easier out here, because it absolutely did. Thank you, Cap. But I want to make one thing extremely clear, Lieutenant. This is not how we do things. Not on this ship, not on this project, and not in Starfleet. I know there are some captains out there who just 
let their people run wild and disobey orders. They toss the Prime Directive aside, they steal shuttles, they do whatever ridiculous impulsive thing they see is right in their moment with zero regard for their orders. And their captains don't seem to care as long as everything ends up okay in the end. I am not one of those captains. Noted, sir. Lieutenant, I don't think you understand what's happening here. I am not giving you a pat on the back and a few helpful notes. I'm actually really angry and very disappointed in you. S sir? <sighs> Look, I've done everything I can to be friendly and approachable. Some say maybe a little too much. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a friend to your crew. I don't go in for all that loneliness of command stuff. But when it comes down to it, first and foremost, I am your commanding officer. And your job is to follow my orders. Cap, when I first got here and I was having trouble adjusting, you did something no one had ever done for me before. You took me aside and, and taught me how to deal with my more inappropriate impulses in a healthy and productive manner. Yes, that is what I tried to teach you, Lieutenant, but obviously it did not get through. Oh, it did. You told me that I shouldn't resist my cultural passion for debate. That I should just try to find a more appropriate venue for it. And sir, what's a more appropriate venue for Tellarite-style remonstration than a courtroom? All right, granted. But what if you'd been wrong? Uh, that isn't how this works, Cap. Not, not for us. Uh, the argument's already lost if you look at it like that. But uh, hypothetically, I guess my career would have been over. And you would have been okay with that? Of course not, which is why I had to win. So it really worked in my favor that I was objectively right. But next time... Next time... You keep me in the loop. You go through the chain of command, you file reports, you do not blindside me with what I can only assume is flagrant insubordination because I don't have any information to tell me otherwise. And I can't believe I have to say this out loud to one of my officers. Unless every other option has been exhausted, you do not challenge me in a courtroom on the record in front of my superior officers. Sir... To place another person opposite you in an important argument is one of the highest honors in my culture. It's a show of respect, and often of affection. <laughs> Under certain conditions, it might even be interpreted as a proposal of marriage. Lieutenant, I'm not ready to joke about this yet. Sorry, Cap. Ten, Captain, sorry. And... And for the crime of being a Tellarite, I plead guilty? I have never in my life heard something so blatantly, aggressively manipulative. Yes, sir. It was. That's just how we do things. <sighs> All right. I've yelled at you enough. I do have the option to place an official reprimand in your record, but I'm choosing to waive that option this time. I guess I can see where you're coming from now. I still very much believe that you went about it the wrong way, but you know that now. You do know that now, right? Yes, sir. Good. Then we can bring this unofficial reprimand to an end and consider this matter closed. You're dismissed, Lieutenant. Aye, Captain. Oh, and Kutch. Sir? 
I believe it's traditional in most humanoid cultures to do what you did to me after the wedding. <laughs> now I'm ready to joke about it. Season 1, Episode 9 of Endeavor featured Vishal Bardwaj as Admiral Saraya, Mark Bosco as the narrator, Terry Drozdak as the station computer, Brian Lynch as Commander Ekim, Kara O'Connor as Naomi Wildman, Joseph Ravenson as Captain Gia, Sabrina Snyder as Nav, Amanda Smith as Dal Lacerto, Jason Wallace as Kutch, and Ron Algarwatt as Commodore King. It was written by Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Original theme and additional music by Rich DeThorne. For more information, episode archives, RSS feeds, and more, go to ussendeavor.com. To show your financial support for this show and receive early access to episodes, visit patreon.com slash algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. Production copyright 2019 by Algar Productions. Endeavor is not a for-profit production, and all concepts herein are property of CBS and or Paramount. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. 